Oof, what a year it's been. <laughs> wow. What a year. Welcome oh, back yeah. to Treem, Trash Was Everything Around Me, the podcast all about trash television uh, with myself, Nick. And myself, Joshua. Uh, this podcast originally started last year. Season one was uh, on Love Island 2018. We then had plans to do different <laughs> shows and never did it. Yeah, no, I don't know what I've been up to over the last year. It seems a blur. It has been a good year, though. I mean, um, you know, what happened? <laughs> Football. Well, I mean, you know, when I think back to last summer and I think back to season one of this great show, mm. um, I do, you know, it's it's tied up inevitably with England's kind of almost success. Mm. Um, what else happened last summer? I mean, it was hot. It was very hot. It was one um, hot, wet summer. Yeah, all of those things. Uh, Brexit happened. No, didn't happen. It hasn't actually happened. happened. Will never happen. Uh, what else? No, nothing. <laughs> nothing else has happened. Listeners, what else happened over the last year? Tweet us, us at... <laughs> is it Treem? I can't even remember oh, what fuck, our Twitter I can't remember what's on Twitter. <laughs> Treem Pod. Treem Pod. Tweet us at Treem Pod. Remind us what happened over the last year. So, um, yeah, myself and Josh were discussing uh, whether we should, you know, go back over our old podcasts, uh, listen to it, kind of, you know, do some research. Uh, mm. And we've decided not to do any of that. Yeah. So these first few episodes are probably going to be quite similar to the first few episodes of the last series where we didn't really know what we were doing. Um, but also. I, feel, I mean, we were going to get into this anyway, but that seemed like a nice segue. Mm. We don't know what this podcast is anymore <laughs> because the yeah. whole landscape of reality TV has changed, listeners. It's a very good point, Josh. We are in a different paradigm this year. Uh, mm. Whereas last year we reveled in how harsh the producers were towards all of the contestants. This year we have to look at it with a fresh pair of eyes. We have to look at it through that lens. I mean, last year we were a bit like, oh, it's very meta, look at what the producers are doing. But now it's more, instead of like, ha, look at what the producers are doing, it's like, oh, fucking hell, look at what the producers are doing. Yeah. That's what, that's the difference. Yeah, they've kind of gone from gleeful... Um, mischief you know, elves. Mischief elves to evil people causing bad things. Yeah. So, you know, I think um, as we were talking about before we started recording, you know, obviously previously we, we may have gone in quite hard on people. This year maybe we won't. I don't know. We'll see. It depends how awful they are, really. Mm. Um, but ultimately, our discussions will try to be around their uh, actions rather than them as people. Unless we get another Adam. Yeah. Because his actions were just an extension of a rotten soul. I mean, if there's another Alex, I think I'll probably... I'll probably go in <laughs> on that. Probably going on here. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's impossible to talk about Love Island now without referencing the two tragedies over the last year. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, there's a much bigger discussion to be had around, um, you know, aftercare on shows. And obviously Love Island this year have pledged to um, provide a lot more aftercare in terms of um, psychiatric follow-ups with um, all the contestants, um, a more rigorous kind of pre-screening before they start, Mm. um, which obviously are kind of welcome steps. I think, um, you know, it's good that they finally kind of seen the light in terms of you know obviously most of that's from public pressure but it's good that they've actually decided to pledge to you know help these people out you know they kind of throw them into the lion's den and and it seems that in a lot of cases have completely cut ties with them so it's great to see that they've actually promised to do something around that that is good do you feel like this is a make or break series for the show like if this goes badly and Mm. there's such a huge backlash against it do you think it will be cancelled? Yes, 100%. I think this is this is the real... Yeah, you're right. This is the make or break series. I think that previously when, when people have discussed Love Island, obviously uh, the 90% of the criticism has been, oh, it's vacuous. It makes idiots into celebrities, you know, blah, blah, blah. But now, you know, the public opinion is turning in, in, into this kind of more insidious view of the effects of it. Um, mm. Obviously, the cancellation of Jeremy Kyle um, has kind of added fuel to that fire and now whenever you see anything discussed around that 
you know, everyone else is going, what about Love Island? You know, two people have literally committed suicide recently, um, you know, since the last series, um, as a result of the kind of massive levels of fame as after the show. The fame um, and pressure and expectation, whether realised or not. Absolutely. Scrutiny. And, yeah, and I think, you know, my personal point of view is that I don't think that it's Love Island's fault um, and I don't think it was necessarily Jeremy Kyle's fault either in terms of it's not the shows that have caused these things to happen. I think um, obviously, you know, the whole world of fame is a really difficult and, and horrible thing for people to, to manage with, especially, you know, people who aren't used to it. Um, uh, you know, I think in, in a lot of cases, it's, it's, it's the negative abuse that social media has made so easy to kind of foster, really. Mm. I mean you look at anyone from Love Island's Instagram page and they'll post up, you know, any sort of kind of random picture. And then underneath there'll be hundreds and hundreds of messages and people criticizing them, outright abusing them. You know, it's nonstop. And if it's difficult not to look at that stuff, you know, if your whole life and the way that you're making a living is from, you know, a lot of people who are on Love Island, for example, they'll make a lot of their income from sponsored Instagram posts. You know, it's difficult then to post it and not to read what people are saying about it. Let's read the comments. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely true. I will say, though, that the Jeremy Kyle issue is very different in in one way, in the the reports that have come out about what the producers were doing to the people who appeared on the show is just... They're just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Like, giving alcoholics who had gotten over their alcohol... Or not gotten over, but had their alcohol addiction under control, filling their hotel rooms with booze or providing drugs to addicts who, again, weren't using at the time. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. a very different thing. Because sort of how I see it is like the, the issues with the Love Island contestants after care is the same issue that's currently facing, I don't know, Kit Harrington being Mm. in rehab at the moment just like huge amounts of pressure and scrutiny on that final season of Game of Thrones which obviously polarised the world whatever side you were on you couldn't ignore (laughs) the the controversy and as a result of that pressure and probably a myriad of other things has found that he needs to get some help but it's Mm. a you know it's a great thing that he has the opportunity to get that help of course if you can't afford this level of private care where are you if you don't have support of the people who made you famous yeah and i think you're right i mean you know uh, i've made my feelings clear around jeremy carr before i mean my my one of my favorite celebrity anecdotes we need a jingle for this celebrity anecdotes celebrity anecdotes now i've just got a laptop i'll uh, I'll, I'll make a jingle um <laughs> thank you <laughs> but uh yeah, I mean, when I was a student in Manchester, I went to I went to a live recording of the Jeremy Carl show. Um, it was a DNA special, which was amazing, admittedly. Um, but you know, he was a horrible man. The atmosphere was incredibly toxic. Um, you know, bef- before the show started, and he was kind of warming up the crowd. You know, he uh, kind of pointed at one of his producers and went, "Hey, everyone, do you know that she's a lesbian?" And made us all chant, "Lesbian, lesbian!" Uh, like it was <laughs> what. Yeah, and this is in what, like 2011? Like, Jesus Christ. Mental. Horrible man. Uh, yeah, horrible show. But I think um, an interesting thing would be how you think it will affect, um, you know, this whole kind of, uh, this new paradigm, this new culture, I guess, how it's going to affect what happens on Love Island this year. I mean, I think, I think kind of, I, at a guess, I reckon things like, because um, I think they've already announced that they're not going to have like a Casa Amor anymore. Oh, really? Um, That's quite interesting. I, I might be wrong with that. But also, I mean, I think, you know, obviously the, the Casa Amor is where a lot of the kind of cruel mind games that were kind of pulled on on a lot of the contestants happened. Mm. Um, you know, the, the showing the Danny pictures of Jack just like chatting to someone and being like, look, they're kissing. Um, you know, things like that, I think they probably wouldn't be able to get away with now. I think um, potentially some of those games where they're asked to read out public, you know, mean public tweets about them. Um, yeah. I could see that sort of stuff not happening anymore. Um, but then when you really start to think about it, you're kind of like, a lot of the... <laughs> show is i was about to say (laughs) once you take those things out of this what is this show Hmm. what what does it become like the games so (laughs) 
listeners, just to paint a word picture, I'm currently watching on mute just loads and loads of Love Island clips. Just uh, at the moment, Danny and Jack are doing the undressing and redressing challenge. But yeah, I guess it's just what those challenges and just seeing human interaction. Is that what it becomes? It just becomes it's a knockout, but half naked. Sex. Yeah, with shagging in between. It's a fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good title. Maybe we'll change the name of the podcast. I'd be I'd be really interested. I think, you know, we'll have to see how it progresses. Mm. I mean, you know, it could be that we're, you know, over-intellectualizing this and actually they just keep it exactly the same uh, and just hope that the incredible wave of general public support for the program will see him through. Who knows? Who bloody knows? I well, think they're smarter than that, though. I think they are smarter than that. I think they'll... Uh... <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Right. Well, now that we've got out how bad reality TV is as praxis, let's talk about reality TV. Yeah, the state it's in. It's in a bad. It's in a bad state. I think it's um. You know, it's in the the ninth round. It's just been knocked down by one of Joshua's huge rights. Uh, and I think, can it save itself this summer? This is this is Tottenham in the second half against Ajax. Can can it pull a Hattie out? Is Lucas Moore already? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you use football references. Oh, oh, that's one thing. Over the last year, I've developed an interest in wrestling, so that's exciting. I mean, that's so you. <laughs> so I can. It's like all of the worst people on Twitter. Like you, you're suddenly. Joining all of their interests, like anime, <laughs> wrestling. Anime's been years. Oh, God. Anime's been bloody years. But yeah, wrestling. Yeah, I mean, I just I just love being involved. I just love... I'm the opposite of GC. It's, I just want to get involved. Yeah, it's sport for people who can't be bothered with sport. No, exactly. It's perfect. It's all about storylines. Yeah. Like Love Island. Nice. So who, who have we got this year, Josh? Yeah, so we just had our uh, Meet the Contestants video mm-hmm. that we have every year. Yeah. And um, it's it's hard to say what any of them are like from this particular video. I think it's interesting because last year we also did a preview show where we tried to sum up all the people from the <laughs> video. And, yeah. I mean, I haven't listened back to that because... I'm sure I'd be embarrassed, but <laughs> maybe we could do that in a future episode. How wrong did we get last year? But I remember us going in on Jack and being like, he seems like a sexual predator. Yeah. He shags pens, all of this sort of stuff. <laughs> and like us being like, this guy sucks. We also really liked Adam. Yes. I remember that. Us being like, oh, he's a sexy vampire. Yeah. He's going to be the best, blah, blah, blah. And look where that got us. Exactly. Jack is the king. Adam, who the fuck cares? So thinking back last year, uh, none of them are still together, are they? Not not one single couple. No. Jack and Danny kept breaking up, then getting back together. Yeah. And I guess she's the one who's done the best out of it, really. Old Danny. Um, Josh is uh, doing a lot of presenting on Lad Bible. He was doing that before, wasn't he? Yeah, he's back. Oh, so, okay. You know, well, he's... so he's failed. <laughs> Um, he's failed really he's um, kind of the same um, I recently saw I mean Dr Alex has, has formed this kind of niche for himself as like you know the Radio 1 resident doctor or whatever yeah um, which you know fair play to him I mean his Instagram stories are still incredibly dull just instantly the noise he makes when he ejaculates <laughs> but he yeah I mean he's you know doing his you know, he's doing a public good, right? He's, you know, some of the stuff is, is actually... There's a lot of kids, obviously, asking him questions who don't have a clue about stuff, you know, sexual health and, and mental health, and he's providing a service, and, you know, that can only be applauded. Good on him. I said with gritted teeth, but, um, you know, he's kind of forged a bit of a niche himself, fair play. Um, other than that, I mean, yeah, I don't really know what any of them are doing. I don't think any of them are doing anything particularly exciting I think all the a lot of the work has dried up isn't it all the appearances yeah I mean it seems like it I 
tweet in so, if anyone yeah. knows what any of the others are doing. If anyone spotted any of them. I assume Samira's uh, still in the West End. She's doing all right. She could be. Yeah. Um, um, so, this year, yes. we've got Yawande. She's a scientist. And uh, in her little video, she said that Dr. Alex is her inspiration. Mm. Which, <laughs> which is good. Yeah. You know, aim low. And then you'll never be disappointed. Yeah, I think the... Maybe we need to edit this bit out. Let's just try it. <laughs> um, so I went on Twitter after the video was launched and I saw a lot of Fiat 500 Twitter um, saying they'd never seen a black person with a Northern Irish accent before. Hmm. Which I think is going to be a common response on Twitter. And just to say, fuck you to everyone who says that. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be tedious. Uh, no, 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 it's not, not interesting or funny. No, but it raises a good point about... So the other big controversy of Love Island this year has been representation. Yes. Especially after uh, last year, Samira, it all came out that loads of her footage had been edited out and that she, the producers had essentially denied Samira a storyline or a through line that wasn't just she's unlucky in love like she'd spent a night in the love shack or whatever it's called yes oh my god yeah the I fuck forgot about bunker. this the, uh, hide, the hideaway the hideaway yeah and they'd cut it all out so <clears throat> you know Fiat 500 Twitter they're not gonna be the most worldly of people hmm um how can you be if you live in Staffordshire? <laughs> this is why Brexit happened, Josh. <laughs> this is why Brexit happened. 500 Twitter and Brexit Twitter are—it's a circle. Yeah, they're into that Venn diagram. They just want—they just want all of us to just get it done. Exactly. So, yeah, having a person of colour with an Irish accent is going to blow their fucking minds. But mm. it's not a. It's not a demographic you see very often on TV. No. I'm going to say. Um, especially when the majority of TV shows set in Northern Ireland are either to do with The Troubles, which is just always portrayed as white, or Line of Duty. And... I mean, that's not meant... I mean, it's filmed in Northern Ireland. It's filmed it's not there, set. it's set there. Yeah. Because no that's one has true. Northern Irish... I mean, other than Hastings. And that's even true. then it's that's like... It. He did that in Northern Ireland. So, yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, yes, that's your one day. Um, she, um, I mean, you know, a scientist, that's good. I mean, Wes was a engineer, wasn't he? Um, he was. You know, Look at how far he got. Exactly. There's nothing to say that just because you have a dull job means that you will be a dull person. No. Modelling yourself after the dullest person on last year's Love Island might not be the best route to fame mm. but we'll see i did like the fact that like on her videos she said every time i say that i'm a scientist people are shocked it's like people why would people be shocked <laughs> like this is just like falling over themselves like you, what, what? The fuck you're a scientist yeah. i guess it's because i just how many people are actually scientists these days it feels like one of those things it's like you know it was a subject at school but no one is actually you know how many mathematicians are there or geographers like there's lots of you know specific jobs but a scientist it seems like a lie yeah <laughs> i've never <laughs> met a geographer yeah yeah i'd like to know what kind of science she does mm. uh maybe we'll, we'll find out maybe let's hope uh next up is lucy yes the surfer a professional surfer so because there was another surfer last year wasn't there was there she got with New Jack for a bit, didn't she? Oh, uh, I don't remember her. Yeah, I mean, is that? A, I mean, I was gonna say, is that a job? Of course, it's a job. You're a sport. <laughs> you're a sportsman. They make you know quite a yeah. bit of money over it. And I guess it makes really good Instagram photos. So yeah. that's good. She seemed. Was she the one that was trying to make up all the words? Yeah, but I didn't know what they were. Was that was that surfing lingo, or no. was that? I don't think it is. It might be Cornish lingo. I, I know oh. I know a few Cornish people and they talk strange. 
Oh, that could be good. Maybe we'll get finally get some Cornish independence stuff on Love Island. Some politicisation, yeah. Yeah, that's what we want, apart from... Well, last year we had Brexit, meaning we wouldn't have any trees. Yeah. <laughs> this year we'll have Cornwall... For the Cornish. For the Cornish. Uh, she also said that she loves the surfer look, um, which I think will mean... This is my prediction for week one. Yeah. She's going to hook up with Joe. Um, I'm just scrolling through images to find <laughs> Joe. Joe is the one who is like oh, an identikit yeah. IR. Yeah. What going back to the the made up terms? Um, yeah. I liked in Lauren O'Neill's very good prediction piece for Vice um, that she was kind of doing some predictions, and she said at the end that. Uh, you know, in two years' time, she's going to have a legal dispute with Primark um, with T-shirts of those like made-up slogans. <laughs> that was really oh, that'd good. be good to see. Amber, Amber, a jo- beauty uh, therapist, a Geordie beauty therapist. Uh, she loves dogs and she loves men with good senses of humour. Oh, that was one thing I really liked in the little production video that I think shows that they that the producers are not ready to give up their slight bullying mm. and negging is that they they cut together everyone answering how they describe themselves showing that they all describe themselves the same way mm. so they're all fun they're all bubbly they're all a bit crazy mm. uh and uh i don't know these are all very abstract concepts yeah, I, mean, I don't understand what any of it means. Yeah, she gave herself ten out of ten for looks because you've got to back yourself, which you, you know have. is the tenacity and level of drive that will make you a successful <laughs> candidate. I think that's true. And she also wants to fuck Tom Hardy, so that so good on her. Who good doesn't? luck. Yeah, who doesn't? I mean, I I wouldn't. I don't. I think his, what? Well, no, his voice it just it would annoy me. Have you not seen Warrior? Uh, no, I haven't. Oh fuck! Watch that then. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that 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 um, the long piece in Esquire where that person hung out with him for a day as well. He just seems a bit odd. Oh, I haven't read that. That yeah. sounds very good. It's a really good piece. Like he takes her to home base. <laughs> I knew he'd be weird. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like you know, he's it's. I think it's because he's building something for his kid or something. Like it's quite sweet, but um, yeah, he he just comes across as being a bit like. A bit too Hollywood. Right, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, Amy. She's the cabin crew manager from Sussex. Represent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we uh, and Josh both from Sussex for any listeners. Obviously. Who, how can who you thought that we tell? were, you know, working class lads from the north. <clears throat> um, I don't know what's up with it. I've got this cough, listeners. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I liked her little air hostess banter thing but i feel like it's a contractual obligation to do a fake air traffic control message if you are an air hostess on any form of video mm. uh so i'm sure laura did it last year yeah oh i forgot she was an air traffic person not an air traffic person <laughs> a hostess um i mean that's that can't be determined anymore it's cabin crew manager josh come on cabin crew manager well i'm very confused because the article on radio times describes her as a cabin crew manager and then immediately underneath calls her an air hostess <laughs> yeah uh wow. i don't know if you can hear that but uh, a plane just went by that was very nice <laughs> something to edit out there <laughs> <laughs> a bit of fun um she wants to travel the world which you know she will be able to with for free um, for free as soon as the show ends um and then she'll be back to doing it for a living probably afterwards. Yeah. I yeah. Um, also for free. So nothing really changes there. Yeah. Fair play to her. Uh yeah. Next up is uh Anna. Anna. So the pharmacist from London. So she is the uh well, allegedly the body posy candidate. Yeah. So obviously there's been a lot of um discussion around as as you previously mentioned josh around representation um you know and whether that's obviously you know race has been massively underrepresented in previous seasons and 
you know, even less has been people with different kind of shapes and sizes. So I, I guess this, you know, it seems that Anne has been brought in as a, you could say a token effort to, but I mean, to a lot of people, she's still probably, you know. I, well, I, that's, that's the thing. This is a big fuck up from production because it's... Well, the problem with talking about body positivity always in these sort of representation talks is that you immediately as soon as you say anything like that you start to condense people into labels yeah and see where they fit into those things which obviously is important like i don't know i describe myself as plus size i would not describe <clears throat> this person as plus size but then i don't like in terms of representation on tv Yes, but in terms of representation in wider forms of media, no. Like, her body shape is equatable to um, Kim Kardashian, who she has described herself as the British version of, mm. who is the most followed person on Instagram. Is that correct? But, we'll fact yeah. check that. <laughs> Someone <laughs> fact check that. Um, but, yeah, they've production fucked up here because they've it's their own fault because they've gone out and gone here is this person look you wanted body positivity and more representate more representative yeah yeah is that right more representative uh group of people well we've got one and the body positive group well, the hardcore body positive people on Twitter have gone, well, it's not good enough. Mm. She looks like everyone else. But then I did see a very good point on Twitter saying mm. that she's of two minds because, you know, it's all well and good talking about this stuff on Twitter, but it's not Twitter that watches this and comments on this and comments on people's Instagram after they've left the show. Mm. <clears throat> It's Fiat 500 Twitter. And our Fiat 500 Twitter. And Dark Fruits Twitter. And Dark Fruits Twitter, my favourite Twitter. Are they <laughs> ready for true body positive representation on a reality show? Is the wider UK population ready for that? And not to... To be able to see that level of representation and actually engage with it in a way that isn't entirely negative and damaging... I guess, yeah, it's kind of like, you know, when you, when you think about it, it's kind of similar to, for example, Gemma Collins on TOWIE, right? I mean, often her love life is kind of used as, the, as a punchline on the show. Um, oh, really? You, you know, where, I mean, obviously because she is a, a, an incredible diva, but also because she's a larger woman and, you know, a lot of the characters, you know, people will say, you should get with this person. They're like, well, no, I, you know, she's too fat or whatever. Jesus Christ. So, you know, I guess there's there's the worry that if you did truly try and put someone representative in, you know, are all the other contestants <laughs> of the ability where they can actually empathise and, you know, behave properly around that? Or, uh, you know, would they become a punchline? I guess that's the worry, isn't it? Yeah, it's very, like, especially with... I think if there was just the uh, representation controversy happening at the moment and they had only put Anna in as their one and held her up being like, here we go, here's mm -hmm. one, in that sort of tokenistic fashion that you said, then that would be an abject failure. Mm. But with this latest discussion on is reality TV harmful if there's not enough uh, aftercare or support given to contestants and you put people in, literally yeah who people haven't seen on tv in this um in this lens or in this context before are you in fact putting them in harm's way for politics if that i don't know it's so difficult I it wish. is difficult and i think ultimately <laughs> we're so two men about. discussing women's bodies yeah well and that's the other thing they haven't put any plus size men in again Ch it's chubby funsters of... there's none there's none for us are there's there no chubby funsters um i don't know enough about this i have opinions but they're all wrong so 
I think they should um, just chuck in some of the like plus size ASOS models. That's it. Why can't we have one house put in all from plus size ASOS models? Because I love all of them. Yeah, I do enjoy, you know, when I'm scrolling through. They always seem so happy. They do. They do. They do say fat people are jolly. Uh, I don't really know what else to say. <laughs> I don't really know what else to say. I think um, and so I mean another thing about Anna is is obviously um, it's clear that she's got like a lot of lip filler. So it's just, you know that there's going to be some, I guess like plastic surgery, jibes around her as well. Um, you know, being fake, all this sort of stuff. And I think um, you know Megan kind of had that to start with, but in the end, her kind of like cheeky personality kind of. One through. One through. But I mean, she also, in almost every single public vote, did pretty badly. That's true. So, um, you know, will will the public automatically dislike her because of her perceived to be fake? I mean, I guess it depends on how she acts, doesn't it? But sometimes, you know, you you go in with a preconceived notion of people based on things like that. Based on looks. Which we must not do. On to the boys. Uh, Anton. He is a gym owner at age 24. How has that happened? Yeah, there's a few owners in the boys. And they're all, you know, what's the um, the Joe lad, 22, and he owns a catering company? Yeah. How's that happened? Well, rich. Yeah. I'm just going to go out and say rich. Yeah, That's probably. what it is. So Anton, he's Scottish. And uh, according to him, he didn't understand why cheating was a bad thing until... He got caught cheating in his last relationship and saw how bad it was. <laughs> so Love that's that. good. But he does reckon he has a lot of banter. Psychopath already. Yeah. <laughs> Adam 2.0. Maybe. But no, actually, saying that, he did say he recognised how bad it was. Oh, good. So he's learned something and he's seen an emotional reaction and recognised that. So immediately he's ahead of Adam. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you recognise you've done a bad thing, it excuses anything that you've done before. That's true. Uh, he also says he has a lot of banter, so I cannot wait to see where that he, Yeah, I mean, I think one of the one of the great jokes he made was, there's a medical condition that I have a wandering eye. You know, that's classic, classic banter. Yeah, it's very good banter. Yeah, so he'll he'll do well. I can't wait for him to get cancelled in the second week. <laughs> Next, my brother, Tommy Fury. Tommy Fury. Yeah. So Tommy Fury obviously is the younger brother of problematic heavyweight boxer Tyson Fury. Um, the problematic faith. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's truly problematic. He's the. Uh, I mean, yeah. and it's it's double bad. So he doesn't say a lot of bad things. Um, but I have over the last. I tell you what's happened over the last twelve months. This probably happened just before we started the last podcast, but I shaved my head, listeners, because I'm over 30 now, and it the hair real estate was it was thinning. <clears throat> yeah. But over the last year, I have people have come up to me. I would say around 10 times over the last year, which might not sound like a lot, but it really sticks in your head, and asked me if I am indeed Tyson Fury. Really? Yep. Because, I mean, you know, you're too thin to be Tyson Fury. No, when I'm in chunky mode, I look Tyson-y. I look like Fat Tyson when I'm fat. Because I have a shaved I mean, head. You don't, look anything, you don't look anything like him. Well, people think I do. You're just, <laughs> you're just tall and bald. I'm tall, bald, with a beard, and I look like I could be a boxer every so often. <laughs> I think that's what people. I think that's what happens. Um, um, but yeah, I mean Tyson Fury, good boxer, you know, very unorthodox style. Uh, he's got a good future ahead of him. He is good at punches. Um, you know, Tony, sorry, Tommy, Tommy, Tommy Fury, obviously said he doesn't want to be labelled as Tyson's little brother, but, but also one hundred percent will be, <laughs> and also spent the whole thing. Uh, discussing how he was brothers of Tyson Fury. <laughs> and he's a boxer. So, I mean, how, you know. How quickly do you think... So last year we talked about, obviously, Danny. How long was it going to take until it came out in the house that she was Danny Dyer's daughter? Mm. 
and it took two weeks, one week. Mm. Um, also, she didn't talk about it in her introduction video. She just said she was a bubbly girl from Essex. This, he's gone in saying, I'm Tyson Fury's brother. So I reckon it will be immediate. He'll introduce himself as Tommy Fury. <laughs> He'll say, oh, all right, I'm Tommy Fury, I think. And they'll go, and they'll oh, go you, Fury, oh. oh yeah, like Nick bit... Fury. <laughs> exactly. The comic book nerds in the house. <laughs> Here I am. Um, oh, I watched 24 films just so I could understand the 25th. I learned 26 letters so that I could read words. Oh, God. <laughs> How do you feel now? Joe okay, Garrett. Joe. <laughs> Catering, Catering company. company owner. Cheeky Joe. Cheeky Joe. The new IAL. 100%. Mm. He uh, looks like him. He uh, He's seeking a connection in the villa. Yeah. Uh, uh, he hasn't talked about any bollock spirituality yet, though. No, he gave himself an 8.5 out of 10. It's pretty good. I mean, it's a good score, I... but almost all the others gave themselves 10, so... So maybe he's going to be a bit deeper. <laughs> maybe. Or maybe he's just got... he's got crushing confidence issues. <laughs> well, that was one thing. He said that growing up, he was a friend zone boy. Mm. He was often in the friend zone until he had a glow up. Uh... Which sounds a lot like, I remember that was one big thing that came out about Megan last year. Mm. Is everyone going, oh, she's obviously had loads and loads of work done, blah, blah, blah. And then loads of people dug up those pictures of her from the past, which again is very problematic, but who knows. Yeah. Uh, and then they were they like, got oh, the receipts. That... They got the receipts. They got the receipts. They mm. spilled the tea. Mm. And then... I feel like that's when public perception of her sort of changed because before it was like, oh, she's a man stealer, blah, blah, blah. And then this weird narrative came out being like, oh, well, she was ugly and then she had this surgery done and now she doesn't know how to deal with being attractive. Mm. And then that completely changed how people saw her, mm. I feel. Um, so we'll see if... Uh, I don't I mean, I don't know. We don't, don't know, how, know how we don't know how big his glow up was. We haven't seen. I mean, he's only twenty two. It doesn't yeah. look like he's had a lot of work done. So <laughs> I don't know if bad. if you know for him a glow up means he had a bit of acne and you know then just was alright or like I don't know. Yeah, then he went on the freedom, or he just you know grew his hair slightly longer and now suddenly he seems attractive. I don't know. Now everyone's wet as October. Oh Christ. <laughs> Michael, he's a firefighter. He reckons he's a 10 because he saves lives. Yeah, he said he was a 9, but he gets an extra point because he's a hero. Yeah. Which, you know, I mean, firefighters, they do good work. Are they automatically heroes, like soldiers say uh, they are? Uh, well, <laughs> it depends. It depends how many children you kill, I feel. And firefighters probably kill less than soldiers do. I would say yes. Yeah, uh, save a lot more cats. Mm. Fair uh, enough. We'll give him that. He wants an intellectual, but with a nice ass, don't we all? <laughs> he he seems like um, probably one of one of the more banter fueled ones. Like he's got a lot of self confidence. Yeah. Um, which which could play well. I think he'll do well. What sort of self-confidence level do you think he's going to have? Do you think he's going to be a sort of an Adam level or a Wes level? Or a Jack? I feel like people under... Like Jack from last year. I think he's the most confident one there was. Because he never pretended to be... Like, I don't know. You never got the sense there was any bravado. Is this new Jack or Danny Jack? Old Jack. Old Jack. Danny Jack. The good boy Jack. Pen fucker Jack. Yeah. I feel like Michael seems like a conceited arsehole. Mm. I think, we'll uh, yeah, often, you know, the, 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 especially with the new people who've kind of come in and feel like they have to prove themselves and they're like overwhelmingly cocky and forceful. That's um, true. Yeah, maybe he'll, he'll go in like that. Because um, I yeah. think, did Wes start a bit like that? And then before he kind of became the nation's next sweetheart? I don't know. <laughs> I miss Wes. Mm. Um, cool, that's Michael Sharif He's a semi-pro rugby player uh, He seemed very confident as well, outgoing He did Seemed fun 
he, according to the Radio Times article, he loves laughing, but he has an annoying laugh. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Can't wait to hear that. Stop Can't us. wait to hear the kids do that on the playground or <laughs> in the uni ground, whatever they do. <laughs> on uh, Fort, they'll be they'll be doing it on Fortnite. On Fortnite. Yeah. That's what oh, that's the other thing I did over the last year. I stopped playing Fortnite. So <laughs> oh, good. Growth. I never, I mean, I know I only played a little bit. I've, it's too difficult. The kids you are too what? good. It was fucking great for a while. And then, although they are doing a John Wick cross promotion at the moment, which would be quite fun. But. There's a very good, um, one of my favourite podcasts, Beyond Today by Radio 4. They did like a 20 minute, um, documentary on the future of Fortnite. I think either yesterday or the day before I would recommend it. It's very interesting uh, how they think in the next five or ten years it will become a platform as big as Netflix. I will check that out. I disagree. Fair enough. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Callum. Uh, Callum, aircraft engineer. He's a Welsh, Welsh lad. He is Welsh. I mean, to be honest, these guys, I mean, there's less to talk about them, isn't, isn't there? They're identical, really, aren't they? All of them. Yeah. I mean, I, I've got nothing to say about Callum. He doesn't look particularly interesting. He's 28, which is, I guess, you know, an older one. Good. Yeah. And he then... looks exactly like when you start playing a new Mass Effect game and you have to choose what the person looks like and you just leave it on defaults. Yeah. I would say that is, that's Callum. He looks like a professional golfer. <laughs> I ah oh, yeah yeah golfer or or cricket player. cricketer cricketer a yes pos- a posh sport yeah posh sport equestrian polo. Uh, he will oh my little prediction he'll couple up with Amy because he said he likes blondes. That's it. That's end tweet. <laughs> That's some ser- searing analysis. <laughs> <laughs> What uh, else is there to say? There is nothing to say about him. And finally, Curtis. Finally, I mean, he's interesting because he's the younger brother of uh, old heartthrob AJ from Strictly. They've got the same face. They do. So that's exciting, and probably led to some. If you had the same face, no, I don't even want to go down. The... No. <laughs> okay. I was, th- I was just thinking. You know, you could do those things like you're at prom. And you do the whole, like, oh, you're taking out this brother, but then the other brother pretends. And then I'm like, oh, that's a very problematic screenplay now. But that, but, there's definitely, that's happened in films, hasn't it? It has or happened in shows. films, but I would not say it's happened in the last 10 years. Mm. Maybe, because I feel like people suddenly realised it was bad. There's <laughs> rules around consent there. That... There's rules around consent. Yeah. Um, he also looks a bit like Ed Gamble, the comedian. He does! Which which would be fun, uh, yeah. Lookalikes are always fun. Um, uh, he said his ex girlfriend. So this was my favorite thing reading in the uh, Radio Times. Mm-hmm. My ex girlfriend was my dance partner. We danced with each other from when we were twelve until we were fourteen. Uh, okay. So his ex girlfriend, his last ex girlfriend, was when he was fourteen. Is that what we're led to believe from that sentence? I mean, the way they've constructed that sentence, that is what they're trying that to drive is, at, I think. That's all you can get. <laughs> yeah, he's been dancing. He's been dating another Dancing with the Stars professional. Mm. Oh, that's the other thing. So he's on the he's on the uh, own brand, Strictly. The Irish version. The Irish Strictly. That's got to fuck you up, hasn't it? If your brother's over there living the high life, dancing with I can't remember who he danced with this year. Mm. Who was his who was his partner? That's the problem with siblings though, and they do the same you know, the same career. John yeah. Terry and Paul Terry, you know, Paul Terry was a jobbing centre back in League Two, whereas John Terry <laughs> lifted the European Cup, you know. Ed and David Miliband. Yeah. David deserved everything and got nothing. Ed ate a sandwich wrong, got photographed and fucked up the entire country. Chaos with Ed Miliband. Chaos. No, I love Ed Miliband. That's the worst thing about politics nowadays, listeners, is it makes you it makes you wish for mediocrity again. Yeah, God. It's so awful. 
The thing is, as well, it's like we're, you know, as two former politics students, Mm. stuff is going on all the time. This should be our dream. But I long for the days when we were just discussing any old shit. I know, I miss it. Frankly. (sighs) Lauren Steadman with AJ Pritchard's. So Love Island. um, (laughs) Love Island! Yeah, it's a good group of people. I'm excited to see the start of it. Um, unfortunately, I'm actually away on holiday <laughs> uh, for the first week. But luckily, um, my girlfriend is still subscribed to ITV Plus, so we will be, will be watching every night. Oh, the dream. Uh, in our lovely hotel. Um, I make no such promise as to being able to watch it every night. So, yeah, listeners, you might have noticed that last year it dropped off pretty suddenly towards the end of the run. And that is because... I live with depression and it just got too much last year and it felt like too much work. Um, So this year, for me, I'm going to try and take it a bit lighter so that I can deliver more consistently. Yeah, quality, not quantity. Like how I wank. (laughs) Did we we agree that we could... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Talk about that this year. What wanking? You're wanking specifically. <laughs> yes, we can talk about that. Okay. Um, yeah, so I'm going to try and watch as many episodes as I can, and uh, I mean it's just going to be very similar to last year, where Nick carries all of the things that require knowledge of what's actually happening in the show. Yeah, and I'm just here making irrelevant comments. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll almost certainly be watching every single night, so... Fuck, amazing. Yeah, but I mean, I think we'll try and get something out maybe once a week. Um, um, one thing I'd also like to introduce, and I'm actually springing this on Nick, is I'd like to sort of introduce uh, what else is going on. Like, what else have we enjoyed over the last week? So, yeah, we're going to try and do this weekly. Mm-hmm. But I just feel it'd be nice, if it feels like Love Island's getting too much, we could have a little two minutes... What's one other thing this week that you've enjoyed? Whether it be media, a book. I like that, book, yeah. Books are a kind of media, I guess. I Music, guess it does, whatever. Yeah, I mean, it does rely on the people who listen to this to actually care about our opinion on anything else. Yeah, that's good. Well, listeners, if you do care, that's nice. If not, skip it. If not, skip it. It'll yeah. only be about a minute. Cool. Yeah, sounds good. What's one nice thing you've liked this week? Oh, we're doing it now? Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, I would say... All right, let, let's carry on with what I was saying earlier. Well, actually, no. One thing that I've liked this week is the anticipation towards uh, the Champions League final, which is tomorrow night, uh, which is oh, the biggest yeah. night in the history of my football club, Tottenham Hotspur, and I'm very excited and nervous and scared. Um, but in, in terms of an actual cultural thing... Um, Let's go with let's actually you know what let's go with the Beyond Today podcast, um that and the Guardians Today in Focus. I was always kind of a, you know, I I think I subscribed to about sixty five podcasts. So to be honest, getting through a lot of them is very difficult. But mm. even though those are every single day, they're both around twenty minutes. Um, really really interesting. Beyond Today especially is you know has a fascinating topic every single day um, and I listen to them almost every day and they're really really good um, the last two I listened to were the one on Fortnite um, the one released on Tuesday why is it so hard to go undercover which is about why it's increasingly difficult to do undercover reporting in this day and age um, that one was really interesting uh, what's today is this a golden age of English football that obviously works with my tastes Um yeah. Yeah, what does Europe think about us? How did Jamie Oliver change food culture? That's a really interesting one because people from our generation think that Jamie Oliver is just a bit of a dick, but actually he did completely change the way that food uh, is being embedded in our culture. Um, so yeah, listen to Beyond Today, BBC for life. BBC for life. I mean, you're literally employed by them, so yeah, yeah. Can you the get less me a said referral about that, fee? The better. Can you <laughs> get me a referral fee? Yes. yes um yeah i mean my thing is so after game of thrones finished however you want to see it for me it wasn't the way that i would have wanted it to finish but then again i wasn't writing it um 
after that happened, I just decided to read the books because I never had. And you know what? Turns out they're actually really good. So that's my thing. Mm. Other than that, I spent the week off going around art exhibitions. Mm. And uh, if you're in the London area, food at the Victoria and Albert Museum is incredible. Yes, I want to go to that. I will go to that. Yeah. So it's just all about like how we could potentially compost our own shit. There's a there's a group in London who have reverse engineered the taste of Coca-Cola. So obviously the Coca-Cola ingredients are completely under lock and key, but they've managed to work out what makes Coke taste like Coke and then made it like an open source drink. That's really cool. And you can try that there. Um, yeah. And at the end, you get a little snack that's based on your preferences of what a food should be. So for instance, I chose a food should be affordable zero waste and nourishing and they gave me a little snack based on my based on my preferences so go along to that because also i went along yesterday and it was completely empty there was only like me and another 15 other people as opposed to every other exhibition i've been to this this week which has been packed to the bloody rafters Mm. so and it's very cheap it's a bargain great well thank you for the wreck thank you for the wreck um yeah, I think that about. When does Love Island actually start? Monday, the third of June. Oh, okay. oh, Monday then. Monday. So, Jesus. I mean, I'll, I'll be on holiday. But we'll, we'll come back to you um, after a few episodes. In a week and a bit. Yeah. Probably. Uh, right. Ciao. Oh wait, no. If you want to, <laughs> if you want to find us on Twitter, we're at TreamPod. Yeah. Um. If you want to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and it allows reviews, please do that and rate us well. Five stars. We'll we'll shout you out on the podcast. At the moment, we've got 13 five-star ratings. That's quite nice. Mostly from friends and family, but we've run out of that now. We actually got in the charts last year, didn't we, on the back of it? We did. So we went up to number... Oh, I can't remember. We were quite high. I think we got into the top 10 at one point. But yeah, we'll see. With your help, we could change the world of mid-level media podcasts. How does that sound, listeners? They're they're applauding. They're They're applauding applauding. at home. Brilliant. Cool. Right. Uh, Love you. Stay hydrated. Keep it wet. Smell you later. (laughs) Thank you.